Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. And, uh, you know, I really always enjoy this time of year, not just for the holiday season and the goodwill that people try to share with each other, but because it's time to sort of review the past year, look into the next year, make plans, be strategic. That is something I enjoy a lot. And uh, with that in mind, and entrepreneurs, I think one of the best guests we could have would be Alan McLean from McLean Employment Law. Welcome back, Alan. Uh, thanks, Jeffrey. Good to be here. Thank you. And, it, you know, as I told you off air, you know, employment law always changing and potentially in conflict with many, many, many entrepreneurs and leaders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, as we were just talking, in fact, uh, entre entrepreneurs, they want to move fast. They want to get things done. And a, a lot of times I'm in the position as a, as a counsel to them. To, to slow them down in some ways. Um, and, and I try not to do that any more than necessary, but you have to follow certain laws in, in terms of uh, the treatment of your employees, um, uh, whether you're taking actions against them uh, for disciplinary action, termination or the like, if you're paying wages, if you're withholding wages, taking leaves of absence um, or administering those things. Uh, you, you need to be aware of these, just a broad range of issues. Um, and sometimes, Business owners are just unaware of these issues and they just want to drive forward. And sometimes just taking a step back, slowing down is really the way to go. Well, I understand entrepreneurs not being aware of these issues because entrepreneurs are focused on their business, the maintenance of their business, the growth of their business, the growth of their profit. And their job is not to study the law. And a lot of small employers don't have real HR departments. And even if they do, they might not be up to date. So it really is important to stay in dialogue, I would assume, with the proper attorney on what the laws are. Because again, what a business wants and what the law dictates can be in direct conflict with each other, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one law that comes to mind in Massachusetts in particular is the mass paid family lead law. Um, and so uh, there's a federal law that we're probably more so familiar with, the FMLA, right? That provides for some protected leave, but that only applies to employers with 50 or more employees and some other criteria on top of that, right? Um, Full-time employee that's worked for a year or a minimum of, I think, 1,250 hours in that year. But the Massachusetts law not only applies to smaller employers, which is a big difference, but it also doesn't have that extra layer of criteria, full-time employee, 1,250 employees, and the added benefit, which is generally a good thing, is it's not just a protected leave for employees, you know, in situations like when they're having a child, adopting a child, um, uh, maybe they have a health issue or a family has a health, family member has a health issue. Um, it applies to all those same situations, but it's going to provide pay on top, which is great for employees. But this does place a burden on employers, entrepreneurs, business owners to administer those leaves, or at least part of the leave, and to plan for it and to allow their employees to take the leave. So I'm going to draw a line in the sand. And, uh, okay. I love this debate because I'm coming at it as a management consultant and a serial entrepreneur myself. Most businesses are under 50 employers, employees. Uh, it, the supply and demand has been bad the last few years for staff. Price, salaries have gone up exponentially. Small business is fighting to compete with large business in salaries. Mm -hmm. And 
millennials are looking for culture. So if they're going to get a job and they're looking at a company over 50 employees, they're looking at great benefits. They're looking at a company of less than 50 employers, employees. The entrepreneur, they can't afford to do four months maternity leave and the paternity leave. So they're not able to compete. So even though the law gives them a break, reality doesn't give them a break. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're right. It's it's a much heavier burden on a smaller employer to have uh, an employee out for an extended period of time because you need to fill in whatever work that person was doing with a smaller group of people right, to step in. Um, and that's a harder thing. And you probably have less resources available generally than a larger employer. Um, one of the nice things about the mass system is that the pay for the employee while they're on leave will be paid out of the, the trust fund that's been created. And so it's not a direct burden, at least financially, on the employer during the leave. But that's that's not 100% true, of course, because there's a tax imposed on employers um, and, and they do need to pay some, it's a relatively small percentage, but there is an amount that you're going to pay towards that trust fund. Now, for 25 or less employees, employers of 25 or less, you can shift that burden entirely to the employee. And so there is a you know some recognition, I guess, for, for your concern there about really small employers. Uh, but that 25 and up range, we're lowering the threshold at, at a minimum. They do have to pay a small portion of taxes and they do have to pay um, from the employer. They can't shift the entire total to the employee. And this year, in, in actually in January, the percentages are going up as one would anticipate would happen with these kind of laws, right? Um, and, and so uh, for employers with 25 or more employees, it's going from uh, the amount was 0.63%. It's going up to 0.88% um, of wages that need to be paid to the this trust fund is what it is. And that's for 25 and up. And for 25 and down, it's going from 0.318 to 0.41. And so again, you can shift that entirely to the employee, but the numbers are going up. And so, you know, I think it's not as noticeable in paychecks yet or in the tax burden when employers are looking at what they're paying to the government for this. Um, but you're, it's going to start to creep up and they're going to start noticing that, that well, you know, it's it's there's another factor. First of all, I'm not a cruel person. You know, some years back, I had an employee who had uh, very serious health issues and voluntarily my partners and myself, we paid a, a big proportion of their salary for over a year. Right. Uh, you know, person came back, took another job. <laughs> <laughs> it was not the best situation. But, uh, you know, when in a small business, every employee is a critical employee. And if you're going to lose someone for two, three, four months, uh, there is a residual effect on a small business that you may not ever recuperate from. So I I do think that this is something that's very tough. And I think maybe if the government does want to get into business, they should look at small business and carving out a safer, a safer landing for small business versus larger business. And that would be my way. Yeah, no, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, in, in fact, though, I, I think the view uh, may be recognizing the concerns that businesses would have with these leaves actually has taken maybe the opposite approach of what you're suggesting. Um, and because if an employer takes uh, what I'll call an adverse employment action, typically I'm talking about termination or something like that, right? Within six months 
of a leave that's um, a, a paid family medical leave, there's a presumption under the law that it was retaliatory. And so the employer actually has an extra burden to overcome to show that they would have taken this action anyway. And they may be able to do that. You know, for instance, maybe the employer has to do a round of layoffs and this person would have been caught up anyway. I've seen that. And that's a pretty good defense, but there is that extra hurdle. And then on top of that, the law also provides that if there is an adverse employment action within the six month period, it's retaliatory, then the damages aren't just the employee's lost wages. You know, what would they have earned had they not been terminated, right? It's triple that amount. And so it's really putting a punitive measure in there purposefully to avoid employers from taking action or to release to con strongly consider what they're doing before taking action and be so careful. Let me, you know, again, I don't want to get myself in trouble and I, I, I do try to be sensitive. Uh, and it really does say that an employer has to really be thorough when they're doing their interviewing and hiring. Yeah. But let's say someone hires somebody and maybe I don't know if I shouldn't go here. I don't want anybody mad at me. <laughs> let's say somebody hires somebody who's pregnant, but the person interviewing doesn't tell them that they're pregnant. Uh, is there an obligation on the part of the person doing the interviewing to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be on maternity leave in the next few months as you're hiring me. There's no obligation on that part. I don't believe there's an obligation. No. Um, an interesting just has uh, to take on that risk. At least that's what the law says. I mean, you can sort of debate, I guess, sort of the, the cosmic ethics of that, but I think the law says that an employer needs to take on that risk with respect to who they're hiring and in fact should not um, it would be prohibited from discriminating against someone on that basis alone um, then maybe there's some limited exceptions there let's say the job requires a two-month period job that you're hiring for and the person knows they'll be unavailable will not be available uh, then maybe there's an argument to be made there but that's a very limited circumstance and even that you'd want to look at closely oh. No. I, I well, times have changed, probably for the better. Uh, my first child was born. I took a week off. I was worried I was going to get fired. Uh, <laughs> different times, and I don't agree with that either. So I do think. Yeah, right. I mean, this is an change. improvement in that respect for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was convinced I was going to get fired, and there were cracks. My boss made comments to me about taking that week off. You know. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you, uh, employment law, was that something you always wanted to do or did you sort of get directed into that or there was an opportunity? I always find it interesting with business people, how, what was their path? Yeah, um, I, I can't say I, you know, always wanted to do it. I think that would be an overstatement. I think for me, um, uh, you know, I, I knew I wanted to do law in some form. Um, I took a class on employment law. I liked that class. I enjoyed it. Um, and I could relate to the material. Um, just about everybody's been an employee at some point in their lives, right? At least by the time they're an adult. And so you can relate to some aspects of these cases, right? Maybe not all of them. Some of them really go off the rails. But many of them, you could see yourself in the shoes of the employee or perhaps the employer. Um, and so I think that, to me, was sort of brought, what brought me to uh, you know, want to become an employment lawyer. And then I was lucky enough to find an opportunity to start out working in the area. Uh, I understand that because, you know, people, when I, if my first few years as a management consultant, uh, 
people used to say to me, uh, why? And I used to say, because I, I, I worked for many talented bosses, but none of them knew how to manage people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get the best out of people. And I said, you know, it was always a big issue for me that organizations didn't know how to get the best out of people. And I think that, you know, organizations always are made up about people. Uh, do you see many changes coming? We're going into 2024. Any predictions in the new year? <laughs> any predictions? Um you know, I'll be I'll be interested to see and watching what the um, NLRB and FTC do on the non-compete front. There's been a lot of noise, um, not just noise. They put forward proposals uh, to eliminate non-competes nationally in some form. And so I'll be very interested in seeing what happens there. If I had to make a prediction, I would say that it's, it's doubtful they will be entirely just eliminated. Uh, but they're could be some interesting activity on that front. And so I'm definitely monitoring that and watching that. Um, uh, otherwise, um, you know, I, I guess continuing to see what's happening with remote work. Um, uh, there's this tension that's building and I think is going yes. to continue to exist amongst employers and employees amongst, you know, who likes to work remotely and who doesn't. Are employees as productive as they could be? And there's competing arguments. I don't think there's a definitive answer. I think it depends on the situation and, and the person and, and the job. Um, but uh, there will be continuing de developments there that I'll be watching as well. It'll be interesting to see. Well, I think that that's uh, a great topic, a great topic to bring you back again on, because uh, as far as I'm concerned, anybody over the age of 30 up, COVID created the uh, 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 an expectation that never existed before that I could have a better work-life balance and work from home and be more productive. And to just close the door on that and tell people to come back to work, it's hard once you create an entitlement, as you know. And people saw, you know, they had the habit for two years of uh, work-life balance. So uh, I hope you come back. It's an exciting topic. Uh, it's an interesting one for me, one that I've always talked about before COVID because I'm not a big fan of offices. I'm a, I'm a big fan of productivity and I'm always looking at how can you build productivity. Alan, if someone wants to know more about labor law, how do they find you? So they can find me on my, on my website, uh, probably the easiest way, www.mcleanemploymentlaw.com um, or they're welcome to email me directly, amclean at mcleanpc.com. Wow, that's great. And uh we hope you do come back again and we appreciate your comments. I hope you don't mind mine and uh, remind everybody this is Radio Entrepreneurs.